good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Yes. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Podcast. Episode. 25. 26! No, Every time. Whatever. I'm pretty sure it's 26. I could be making that up. Possibly. Joe, as voted for by the people in our free support group, if you're not a member, please join. What are we talking about? Cardio versus weights for fat loss. Oh, could you say that again with some enthusiasm? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to talk about training for fat loss. And the winner is weights. Nutrition. Weights. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> leave a review. Yes. Okay. Let's top, go. Top banter. Uh, lots of confusion, isn't there? I think it's a lot more common now. People are more understanding of the benefits of weights, but the application. By is... weights, we mean uh, progressive resistance training. Well, yeah, I guess there's, there's different sides down there. So weights isn't immediately doesn't have to be progressive as would be demonstrated by a lot of the people who I did sample PT sessions to when I worked at Virgin because you'd give them one workout and then six months later they'll be doing that exact same workout with less intensity than you pushed them through so with the weight you're going to have yeah exactly you're going to have effective weight training regimes and ineffective weight training regimes so the ways that you would burn fat through a weight training program would be that Getting stronger lifting weights causes a demand on your muscles. This burns calories. This uses glycogen, body fat stores. If you don't then put too much food in, you'll then lose weight. Yes. <laughs> go on, sorry. No, no, go on, that's me. I was just going to say, I think that the, the big thing that people need to realise is when you're training, you're not really burning fat. You're not kind of really burning body fat off as a fuel you're just burning the calories that you've ingested but you're creating a calorie deficit so then when your body needs extra calories it'll take those reserves from your your fat stores basically but i think people get a bit confused with all the talk kind of the fat burning zones and stuff like that doesn't have to be your aim to stay in your fat burning zone because it probably shouldn't be so the, the science behind that is that when you're at a lower heart rate your body will burn primarily fat as fuel but the problem you have is because this is at a low intensity is you're not burning very much. So if you look at it as you've got your fat burning zone and you've got a higher intensity zone. So I don't know the exact maths in it, but a fat burning zone is what? 70, 80, 90% fat and the rest is and a higher intensity is say 50% fat. So people go fat burning zone winner. But 90% of one is nothing compared to 50% of a thousand. Now, drastic maths there. But the idea is you'll burn more fat from higher intensity exercise because it's harder. You'll just also burn more glycogen. So when you sleep, you know, your body burns a higher percentage of fat. It doesn't burn very much. You know, you're not hemorrhaging fat and shifting loads of fat as you sleep. You're just burning more fat than anything else because it's easy for your body to access those 
stores as such. So yeah, the first thing is the harder you work, and you can probably we can probably sign off at this point as well. Whatever you do, the harder you work, the better your results will be. Done. Yeah, I'm out. I think there's, there's you know there's quite a few variations to cardio. So the, you have there's a, the less training, so the low intensity steady state stuff. So kind of walking on a treadmill, uh, going for walks around the park, holding hands with each other, feeding the ducks on a Sunday afternoon, Joe. Yeah. Walking the sausage dog, um, you know, cross trainer Leeds biggest gay couple, cycling, <laughs> stuff like that, scaffolding. Probably beds. bigger than Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> um, shut up. Then there's the more popular hit stuff, so the kind of high intensity interval trainings where you'll do um, a short period of high intensity exercise followed by a period of rest, which is going to be kind of dictated by your fitness and the exercise that you're doing. And that's kind of pretty much it for cardio. And then obviously kind of weights, weight training, there's a lot of variables there as well. Um, so it does depend on the kind of cardio you're doing. If you're doing the long, slow, steady stuff, it's got some pros. As in, It's very low skill set. So you don't have to be, you know, have great movement. You don't have to have great flexibility. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, mobility or anything like that. It's very accessible to everyone. You can um, also read while you're doing it. Yeah, you can read, you can watch TV, chill out, you can hold hands, walking side by side on a treadmill, as we do. Same treadmill as a bit of a tight squeeze. <laughs> From back to back. Top and tail. Come on and do the conger. <laughs> choo, choo, choo. <laughs> it's conger time for sure. Anyway. It's always conger time. <laughs> In the sustained office. Perfect voices. Horrible. That's what I'm saying now. Repulsive. Um, but the only issue is... You know, it's very time-consuming. So if you want to burn a decent amount of calories, you're going to have to do it for a long time because, as the name suggests, it's low intensity. So that is, you know, a bit of a con. Obviously, like I said, the pros being it's very accessible. You know, pretty much anyone can do it at any level so long as you can move around a little bit. Um, it requires no recovery. So, again, that's another pro. Whereas, you know, if you're lifting weights, if you're doing HIIT training, it puts a lot of demands on your body. So you do have to kind of have some kind of recovery for it as well so it does kind of complement some of the other training modalities that we'll talk about mm. but it's, I was going to say side because it doesn't I'm not finished I just remembered what I said Go. because it doesn't put massive demands on you you'll kind of burn energy whilst you're doing it but once you stop that treadmill or you get off that cross trainer or if you get off that bike you know that any of the calorie burning benefits that you had from that small you know low intensity movement are done it's over you're just back to normal. Whereas, if you do hit, what happens? It, it's oh, epoch, yeah. So, you know, you think about your body temperature. So if you're working out in a cold gym or in your garage or, you know, you go out for a walk. Generation fit leads. You might get warm. <laughs> it's good for fat burning. You might get um, quite warm. You might get a bit of sweaty, but then you stop. Well, you know, so say you're walking around town, high-intensity shopping, that to a thing <laughs> low intensity shopping sorry no not high intensity low intensity um, you might get a bit of a dab on um, then you stop and then all of a sudden you get cold almost immediately because your body's not stressed whereas when you do things like hit you get the epoch which is excessive post exercise post oxygen consumption is it yeah. is it excessive Google. excess I believe Go on. um which basically means your body is trying to get back to its kind of homeostasis. It's trying to get back to its normal rate. So it's, it's being put into almost like a fight or flight mode. Um, so it's, you're actually kind of burning calories to get back to normal as your body tries to regulate the kind of 
demands that you've put on it. So you burn a few more calories. <clears throat> the bonus with uh, the hit stuff for me is a bit like the bonus to the weight training is the adaptions that will happen to your body. Adaptations, excuse me. So your lungs will get more efficient. They'll be able to carry more oxygen. Your heart will get stronger. Again, this will be able to increase the supply of oxygen to your muscles. So this then means that you're able to burn more calories week on week, session on session, year on year. So one of the things that I say to people when they first start with us, especially kind of if they like training already, is to try and get people to focus on getting fitter or getting stronger. Because it just, it's kind of your get out of jail free card. If you look at someone who is naturally very fit or naturally very strong, or even just a little bit of that, then it's going to help them all the time. Because what you have is it means it just gives you so much more leeway. So if I don't train for very long and I get a bit soft, then I start training again. I've always been, well, since I got strong, I've stayed quite strong. So it then means that when I go into the gym, I'm able to, you know, deadlift X and squat Y and bench Z. And it means that, not big Z, it then means that I can burn a lot of calories. So being strong or being extremely fit is your get out of jail free card. And you can run this alongside your nutrition. Whereas my ability to walk in a treadmill at four and a half kilometers an hour is always the same. Yes, it's going to burn, you know, 500 calories in an hour or whatever. But if I want to burn more calories over a period of time or be able to maintain my weight better, then getting extremely fit or extremely strong or even just stronger or fitter than you are now, it doesn't have to be to the, you know, the top 1%, but just getting fitter, that's going to be one of the big payoffs because it just means you can burn so many calories. If you look at someone like Mo Farah, who can run, I don't know what his 5k time is, it's something disgusting. I think it's pretty similar to mine. Yeah? <laughs> Unbelievable. I imagine his 10k time is pretty similar to my 5k time. Um, and the rest. Yeah, with a bit of change. Um, it's just so much energy, you know, to be able to move at that speed for that much time. It's just phenomenal. And no wonder these guys are, are so lean, because they're just their output is so damn high. And whilst I'm not saying you're ever going to be able to run a, a 10k in that time, if you just aspire to get faster, then it's going to really help you. And I think that sometimes, and I don't really know if there's any science on this, if people have looked at hit versus hiss. Because I think, so I, I just made up hiss, by the way. No, <laughs> no one you've not heard of it. But it's like if you run at your max speed for 10 minutes, and you know how fast you can go. That is going to cause you a serious calorie burn, isn't yeah. it? You're going to be right on the edge of you know, that lactate threshold where lactate, lactic acid, same thing. Yeah. Then you're going to shift some serious calories. And this is like the deciding point here, isn't it? Is people cannot get themselves to this point. People with personal trainers, people in classes, people tracking their training with their Apple Watches and their Fitbits and everything else and their heart rate zones. People cannot get there. People are not able to work hard enough. I think it's because it's very unfamiliar to them. To go to that point where you feel like you're sucking on an exhaust. It's a shit place to be, isn't it? I just think that... I think... People will claim they don't know how to get there, and then once they've been taken there, they still won't be able to get themselves there. I think, I don't know, just going off my experience of it, that I've worked and trained in enough gyms, around enough people, you never see people really busting a gut, very, very rarely. And that's the biggest issue that people have got, you know, whether you do hit or weights or lists, mm, not lists, whether you do hit or weights, people will not get the desired results because of the lack of intensity they put into their training. Right, so back to the point, back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so hit, I would say, pros for hit is you can get a lot of work done in a short amount of time. Do you agree, Joseph? Yes. So you can burn a fair amount of calories. Um, 
he's a little bit more engaging than just walking on a treadmill for 45 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever you choose to do or 90 minutes on a Stairmaster. Jesus! Mm, Snowsville. I throw myself off as trying to step <coughs> my own neck. You bounce. <laughs> roll down the stairs. <laughs> just continually just rolling. Just get trapped <laughs> in it. Um, cons for me would be, you know, going back to what I said about the list, is it's not a high skill set, but it's very demanding, so it's not suitable for everyone. So if you took... Your, you know, when you see stuff like uh, Insanity, like the Sean T programs, where you've got people, you know, and it's obviously it's unsupervised because it's a DVD thing or you watch it on your laptop or whatever you do, and they've got people doing plyometrics, which is an advanced exercise, you know, plyometrics, explosive power. So you might get, you know, uh, a 45-year-old woman who's never done anything, you know, super physically demanding, except to remember a couple of Zumba classes, or a step class in 1998. So nothing physically, overly physically demanding then? Yeah, nothing, you know, nothing crazy. And then they're buying these DVDs and then they're trying to bounce around the living room and it's just, you know, ACL surgery. It's just not the right thing for them to be doing. Snap to Achilles, you're just not ready for it. So there's got to be a certain level of kind of strength, coordination, mobility, um, fitness even. That you need as kind of like a pre-qualifier to do hits. Motor control. Yeah, so it's not going to be perfect for everyone. And, you know, there's there's kind of stuff in between. So you could do, you know, cross training. You could do a minute, you know, at a high pace and then two minutes at a steady pace. Stuff like that. So it'd be kind of like intro hit. But, yeah, it's not for everyone. You know, I think it got a big buzz because it was the easy promise of, you can get amazing results in you know, 8, 10, 12 minutes doing hit. And everyone thought, yes, I want that because it's like Amazon fucking prime. <laughs> I think a lot of that came from the sports performance side, didn't it? Is that you can get massive um, physiological adaptations mm. to hit because in you know six lots of 30 seconds on or Tabata, eight yeah. rounds of 20 on, 10 off. But again, that gets bastardised because... It should be 100% all out for 20 seconds. Whereas you get people doing like a 20 Crunches. seconds. Yeah, 20 second plank, yeah. 10 seconds off, you know, 20 seconds of our jumps. That's not, you might be using a Tabata protocol, but you're not doing a Tabata protocol. Yeah, you're just doing 20 on 10 yeah. off, aren't you? And the thing is there that you've got, you might have. So the reason hits good is it'll get your, your body's ability to cope with these higher thresholds. So one of the pros you missed off was people will feel fitter. You won't probably feel fitter from doing four 30 minute walks a week but then you know if you if you only had to jog you'd struggle because it's yeah. an unknown range for you whereas if you've done sprint work suddenly a jog is an awful lot easier because your heart rate is used to being at these higher levels and it doesn't absolutely ruin you for 30 minutes which is often what happens you know when you do hit work is people do a couple of rounds and then they're seriously blowing if they've tried hard enough and they just cannot get that fitness back you know that the, the ship has sailed you've, you've gone too far and you need to take an extended breather Whereas if you do hit in training, then you'll be able to deal with that in kind of real life scenarios. And that's where stuff like Tabata is really good. You're not going to burn a lot of calories. It's only four minutes. You literally don't have time to. Even if you burn 30 calories a minute, which would be a phenomenal amount. You, it's only four minutes, only 120 calories. You might as well go for a, a slightly longer walk. So it's just being cautious with that. It's hard, isn't it? Because people are never going to... You know, it's not going to change en masse. We're not going to change the world here because these are such ingrained ideas and the science is correct. But as you say, people bastardise it. People move it around. People make it more applicable to them. 
So to batter, really good for getting you fitter. Oh, fitter, fat loss. I'll put some crunches in there. Well, actually, you just changed the whole system. Hitter. <laughs> just, and that's, it is one thing, and it's... Um, like I say, I don't want to say bastardised because that sounds kind of harsh, and it? it's got almost like misled. Did you we, already say that? Yeah. <laughs> we see, um, you know, kind of deal with our clients, and then they'll send through what they've done training-wise, and they'll say, I did like a 50-minute, a, a 60-minute hit class. Now, if you're doing hit for 60 minutes, it can't be at the highest intensity. With two minutes break. Oh, mm. Yeah, the highest intensity. And then you say, okay, so what did you do? Like, oh, I did high knees, I did crunches, I did press-ups, I did squats. Like, these... Our exercises that don't lend themselves to high intensity intervals, but they'll still be burning good energy, yeah, yeah. won't they? But it's more of a circuit class. Yes, it's a timed circuit class. Is that you getting fussy over? No, I'm just saying that you, yeah, you've got to be aware of kind of what you're doing, and there is some kind of misleading things where people think if they do uh, a set period of work with a set period of rest, then that is hit, or that would be more effective than sixty minutes jogging. And that is, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it depends on the hit class. Yeah. If you've got someone doing burpees and high knees and mountain climbers, you know, and plank push-ups and stuff like that, then you've probably got a really hard class. Uh, if it's, you know, curtsy squats, crunches, plank, bicep curls, Girls, and some yeah. burpees, suddenly you might as well have just got on the row up and gone for a jog because you'd have burned more calories doing that because you've got six exercises, but only one of them's any good. So you're only really getting your heart rate where you want it to be for a tiny fraction of that session. Which, again, is going to depend on where, where you're at, what you know demands it puts onto you so it's horses for courses but we're looking aren't we at what's at what's the most effective if you can yes you know, this isn't this isn't here for you've got tennis elbow and golfer's shin and something else wrong with <laughs> right your program and you've got your yeah. i've got two kettlebells and one resistance band that's broken <laughs> it's just a left-handed kettlebell <laughs> um i've got an england toenail <laughs> Anyway, we're just amusing ourselves here. <laughs> we're terrible in jokes. So, you've got your lists, your low intensity, steady state stuff, which is fine for burning fuel whilst you're doing it, but it's not necessarily going to cause any kind of adaptation in your body. And pretty much the only way to increase your calorie burn with that is by going for a longer duration. You know, there's a reason why you can walk for six, eight, ten hours a day, it's because it's not very demanding on your body. You know, it's quite easy. So yes, you'll burn a fair amount of calories if you walk to twelve hours and have a treadmill, <laughs> or if you just walked around like a lunatic. But there's no kind of forced adaptation. Whereas hit, you can mess around slightly with the interval timings, with the rest period, so you can make it harder. You can go for slightly longer duration. And wouldn't you know? Say so if you did some kind of weight. So if you did like thrusters, which is a squat into an overhead press, or you do cleans, yeah, anything like that. You don't really want to be maxing out the load. It's not like you want to increase, go from a 40k clean and press to a 60 kilo clean and, clean and press because that's going to affect the amount of reps that you can do and then affect your heart rate and stuff like that. But kind of messing with the interval time, so you might start off doing 20 seconds of work with a minute off and then you might end up you know, doing 40 seconds of work with 20 seconds off and it's going to increase the intensity because you're getting a short recovery period and longer work. Is that for more carry burn, yes? Yeah, so just it's just a way of messing with the variables. Whereas the only way to kind of really mess with the variables on this, you know, unless you start walking a little bit faster, is to increase the duration. The, the aim for me when I do hit, I wouldn't play around with the intervals too much. It's more to look at... Because the funny one is, again, it depends what you're doing it for. Because you're 20 on, a minute off, 
you're going to be able to work really damn hard for that 20, aren't you? Yeah. So you're going to get those really good adaptations to your heart and lungs because you're going to really push them and you're going to give them a decent amount of time to recover. Whereas you're going to be able to work for longer and burn more calories from the, the shorter rest intervals because you're working for longer. You know, if you're only working for 20% of the time, you're not going to be able to burn as many calories if you're working for 50, 60% of the time. So it's just finding, you know, picking and choosing your battles on that one. So I think we've talked in a roundabout way about weights for cardio for long enough. Talk about, <laughs> talk about weights. Yeah. So people have gotten to the whole thing that weight training is better for fat loss. Um, I saw something interesting recently, and it was saying that there's no proven study that f- doing weights burns or gives you better fat loss than doing cardio. Maybe it's not been studied well enough. Maybe it's not been studied at all. But it's all going to come down to calorie burn, and you see a lot of very lean runners and marathon runners who won't do very much weight. So it's a fair assessment to say if your intensity is spot on, it doesn't matter if you do hit. And your nutrition, obviously. Yeah, and your nutrition, of course, whether you do hit or weight. But the reason we would recommend weights is because health benefits, it makes you look better. Done. It's easier to progress. So many variables that you can play with and so much easier to help you make progress when it's done right so if you follow you know a garbage plan with low intensity then obviously that's not going to deliver fantastic (laughs) results but if you've got a decent plan or a half decent plan and you follow it with a good amount of intensity you know and consistency then you're going to get fantastic results and there's so many other benefits to it from the fat loss you know just like Joe said muscle mass is so important not just to make you look really good naked but for longevity in your life you know for ladies for the osteoporosis which you know you're highly vulnerable to in later life when you're a spring chicken like me um it's just you know you everyone wants to be as strong as possible as long as they can be you know you want to be able to walk up and down the stairs when you're older you want you don't want to be that person who falls over on the bus because it breaks you know not breaks down but you know stops just yeah just weight training everyone should lift weights everyone the the thing is as well if you get weight at the right intensity is you can have similar cardiovascular benefits as you can from the cardio so if you do you know deadlifts into push presses or whatever you fancy now i don't even know why i gave an example because it doesn't matter (laughs) but you can get a really good cardio worker anyone who's done a set of squats or lunges or push presses or whatever to a high intensity will feel their heart rate go up you know you'll have to breathe heavier if you're working large muscles through a full range of movement you know like a low squat you use so much energy in such a short space of time that you burn a lot of calories just doing the exercise you then break down muscle which grows back stronger which Which, then gives you stronger bones which also takes a lot of calories to recover correct and then you're left with this muscle as well, which then means that when you come to performing the next workout in a few days or a week's time, and you get stronger again, you're burning more calories and more calories and more calories. It's the same as getting fitter, but it also just gives you extra benefits. So you get the benefits of your heart and lungs getting stronger. You get the benefits of your bones being stronger. You get the confidence of physically being stronger. You feel fitter. It just kind of catches everything. It makes you look a lot better, in my opinion, and most people's opinion, is that people would rather look like an athlete than they would do a distance runner. Oh, so many points there, Joe. So many points. All of them gold. I've almost forgotten what I was going to say. Possibly. Um, 
I've had forgot what I was going to say. But there's always that kind of fear, I think. And, and I think with CrossFit becoming more and more popular, it's done a fantastic thing of helping or promoting women lifting heavier weights. So you have women doing deadlifts and squats and front squats, you know, and Please. cleans and presses and doing these, you know, these big barbell movements, which is great. But there's still that kind of like fear that they're going to get big and bulky because, you know, people think CrossFit, they think CrossFit games, and they think these like tiny, tiny percentile elite athletes. Like you start going to CrossFit three times a week, you are not going to look like someone who competes in the CrossFit Games. You pick up a rugby ball, you're not going to look like an international rugby player, are you? Yeah, exactly. You know, you kind of if you go into your average box, that's what they call it, CrossFit gym, it's a box. Um, you're not going to see people who look like the CrossFit Games. <laughs> you know, you might see people who look <laughs> athletic. You know, it's people who've got a decent level of muscle mass, but you're not going to walk in and just see these brutes. Or, you know. There's always if you gonna, did, they'd probably look like that anyway before. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's always going to be these kind of genetically blessed people. And if you took those people out of the CrossFit Games, odds are they've got some other kind of sporting background because they're those genetic freaks, those people, you know, that one person you had at school who was amazing at football, netball, hockey, had a six-pack, yeah. grew a beard, that's just the girls, at like 13. You know, you get these kind of genetic outliers and just kind of lifting a little bit of weight. It's not going to do that. No, I think the interesting point on that front is that the driver there is, is testosterone, is that men have significantly large amounts of testosterone and much lower levels of estrogen. And this is the primary anabolic hormone. So basically that means put muscle on. So women, even if they ate like a man, trained like a man, would not put on muscle at the same rate. So if you take the nutrition out of this, because most people are we're looking at weights for fat loss, it's like trying to build a house with no bricks. You know, you can put all the labour into it, but you need bricks, you need calories to, to, you know, you need bricks to build a house, you need protein to build, and calories to build muscle. You cannot put on slabs and slabs of muscle as a woman, full stop, let alone in a calorie deficit. It just does not happen. You see it so often, and it's, I'm going to choose my words semi-carefully here so it doesn't come across too nastily. When people don't lose weight and they attribute it to muscle gain, because that's just not how it is. When you first start lifting weights, your body will hold a little bit more water. We're talking a couple of pounds. A woman who is just beginning weight training may put on one to two pounds a month. And that would be if they're in a calorie surplus. Yeah, if they're eating and training for muscle growth. Yeah, so if you take that calorie surplus out and you change that to a calorie deficit, the numbers are going to go down. So if you've got a fat loss plan and you start trying to lift weights and your weight goes up, I could agree with it once that it might be muscle. But a maintenance weigh-in, or sorry, two weigh-ins that go against you, or a weigh-in that goes up, would not be attributed to muscle gain. You are not in a sufficient calorie deficit for fat loss, ultimately. Um, you need to then either cut your food or train harder or train more often in order to bring your body into that point. And it's the tough one, isn't it? Because people, you know, we see it a lot. I'm going to go on a random one here. But people, they expect more for the effort they put in, so they don't want to put any more effort in. And ultimately, you don't decide, you know, you can't choose how much effort to put in that gets you a certain result. You just yeah. have to gradually put and more It doesn't matter in. what, you know, this person or that person is doing. If they're trying harder or not as hard or, you know, they're not trying as hard but they're getting better results, it really, yeah, you know, it, that, matter, that sucks. It? That really sucks. But what, what are you going to do? Yeah. What can you do about it? What are you going to do about it? What options are left? Yeah. So from that front, I guess... Weight training should not be feared unless you worry about looking too lean um, 
and athletic because the people who do pack on slabs of muscle are, as James says, genetic outliers. The people who look at a dumbbell and go, oh, I feel a bit bigger now. It's just not as common as people make out. I wish it was. You yeah. know, the people will absolutely bust the gut with their food and training and supplementation to try and lose, sorry, to try and add muscle mass. And they still don't. You know, don't add as much as they'd like. I'd put myself in that bracket. It's, it's not going to happen to someone who's just started weight training and doing a few squats with, you know, 20 kilo kettlebells. It's just there's not enough stimuli there to build the amount of muscle that people are looking for. So going back to what you said earlier, one of your points when you were saying, you know, you can get a great cardio workout as per se, lifting weights. I actually had my heart rate monitor on for my workout on Monday. Now, obviously, you know, I weigh over 110 kilos. Give, give, give or take, depends what the day of the week it is. Your heart rate's pretty high getting changed, isn't it? So, um, so I burn a lot more calories. So is mine. Shut up. <laughs> but I did my waist workout, so I did no cardio whatsoever. Um, so no rowing, no running, thank God. Uh, no cycling, nothing like that. Or no kind of, none of the strongman work that we do, the carries or anything. You run like and, a T-Rex. And I'm still really fast, <laughs> angry. Um, shut up. And I still burnt nearly 800 calories in like I think it was like 45 47 minutes and my average heart rate I think my maximum heart rate was like 170 and then my average heart rate was 130 so that's over the entire period over like the the 50 minutes pretty much which is pretty much you'd expect from a cardio workout Mm. around 130 Um, and that's kind of I suppose kind of like a little bit hit-ish because my heart rate will be jacked up whilst I'm doing my set and then I take a minute to 90 seconds between sets um, to get it back down. So I'm getting that huge calorie burn just from lifting weights. Like Joe said, then my body has to recover. So it's going to take, you know, 24, 48 hours for my muscles to recover. So that's going to be burning more calories because obviously whenever you're healing requires energy. And then... When I get that feeling... <laughs> just singing sexual to me. Not quite sexual. Um... Yeah. Then if, you know, if I do build some more muscle, muscle's active tissue, therefore it requires calories again to maintain it. And I've also got like a bigger storage space for energy. So, you know, the more muscle you have, the more carbohydrates you can eat because you've got more storage for glycogen. More efficiently you can use it. Um, The more energy you'll burn, like Joe said, whilst you're working out. So there's a reason why, you know, me and Joe can let ourselves slip a bit and then kind of get back in shape reasonably quick because just like my calorie burn said there I've got a decent amount of muscle for an old man so I burn a lot of fuel when I'm moving around because I'm carrying that muscle mass now if I was you know 110 kilos but that I had a much higher percentage fat rate uh, body fat level I wouldn't burn as much energy because I'm just kind of dragging around useless tissue Mm, you done? Yeah, go on. I was going to say, it's, a, it's an interesting one, that, because it's quite hard when you've got someone, to so say we've got two women, both five foot eight, 35 years old, one of them is 70 kilos, one of them's 110, is that you have the same size woman there, you've got the same skeleton, a similar muscle mass, but one of them has, I don't know what the maths I just gave was, but 40 kilos of body fat more, now she's going to struggle to burn as many calories as the active woman because she's going to get so tired so easily. She doesn't have the frame and the muscle mass to hold on to that size. 
So getting your steps in, working hard in a gym environment is going to be difficult because you have such a bigger frame. You know, if I've ever done like running with a backpack on or anything like that, it is really hard to get, well, you cannot get anywhere near your times. And the, the heavier that backpack gets, the slower you're gonna get, the more you're gonna have to stop. So your heart rate will be high, but you haven't actually covered much ground. You know, it's, it's, it's such a hard one. You think, whereas for me and you, to say we're looking at like 105, if I'm being very kind, kilos, then most of that weight is useful weight, is calorie burning weight. So you can use a lot more energy. If I was an 80 kilo guy who'd got to 110 kilos, it's going to be really hard for me to shift that weight because I'm going to be so tired all the time. Yeah. Such a percentage of my body is inactive tissue. So that person then has to find the solution specific to that. So when you see, you don't see it too often, but really big guys and girls doing hit, it's just so hard because they're so whacked so quickly. So they then stick to the cardio, the, the low intensity work, which is still really hard, but you're just not able to burn much energy because it's so hard, you know, you have to stop. It's when people say things like, I'm really fit for my size. Are you, you know, are you actually putting in good times or is it just, you know, you're fitter than you were before? And there are outliers, you know, I know my brother knew a bloke who was like 20 stone who ran a, used to be able to run a really good yeah. marathon time. There are people out there, but not that many of them, you know, in my experience, so it's, it's a tough one. And I think that that's why strength work can be really good because it's something that bigger guys and girls are naturally really good at because they're used to carrying that weight around. And again, you want as much active tissue as possible. You want to turn your body into like a good calorie burning machine. And, you know, kind of doing cardio and doing resistance training is not really going to promote you synthesizing lean muscle mass. Whereas weights will also, you know, the the pros for lifting weights is, is open to anyone. There's always regressions to any movement. So everyone can take part in it. It's very safe when done correctly. Obviously, <laughs> you know, people will get injured. But that's probably because you're doing something silly. Stupid. Yeah, it's so easy to play with the variables. So a huge thing we see is when people's weight loss stalls. And if you're just doing cardio, it's very hard to adjust that. Whereas with weight training, it's so easy to add a few more reps, to add another set, to go to something like supersets where you're doing two exercises back to back, which is going to help burn more calories. Go heavier. Yeah, to, to increase the uh, the weight. There's so many of these variables that you can adjust just to get moving again, just to burn more fuel without having to change everything or even add more time. I was going to say, the thing there, the thing you mentioned, reps, sets, exercises, if you put more weight on, you burn more calories in the same time. Yeah. So the stronger someone gets, the more efficient they can be with their time and just the more wiggle room that you have. So in Roundup then, lift weights if you're looking for the biggest compositional changes and the biggest all-round benefit if you hate lifting weights and you want to do cardio then stick with hit work or try and do moderate to high intensity duration work make sure everything you do is tracked whether you are going to go jogging or doing sprints or lifting weights track what you do get better at it because so many people don't do this, do the same workouts, and then wonder why they're not progressing. It's because they've not got any fitter or stronger in the last three years. Yeah, you've got to think. So, like, say if I... So, I tracked my workout on the Monday, and I burned 800 calories. Now, if I do that same workout with the same reps, with the same weights, that calorie 
um, burn is going to drop. I'm not going to keep on burning 800 calories by doing the same thing because my body is going to adapt to that stress. So when just saying track things, it's so you can increase them. So if you always do a 5K run and you never run any faster, you never run any further, you never you know try and run a, um, the same distance in less time, I think I probably said quicker, you know, if you never change anything, then the actually calorie burn that you get there is going to reduce because your body becomes more and more efficient at that. So that is why you need to track everything and look to progress. And the thing is, if you don't do that, you've got to cut your food more and more if you want to lose fat. No one's doing always that. shit. So just get stronger and fitter. So we're not saying you can out-train a bad diet, but we're saying you've got to get to a point where you don't want to pull any more food out. Or you, you know... You'd rather do, you know, progress your training. Progressing your training, you know, three, four hours a week of training is much easier than you managing your food 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, and you don't have unlimited time, so you can't just keep doing more and more and more. So you need to get better at what you're doing. You need to get, you need to do more work in the same time. So you need to get stronger or get fitter. Yeah, so I think for me, for rounding up, just work at getting as strong as possible and whether that's lifting three days a week or four days a week whether you want to do three full body workouts whether you want to do two upper and two lower whatever it is get lifting get as strong as you can and then if you want to you know tack on some hit to that then it's up to you you know these are things we you know Joe's used the analogy before where it's like with fat loss you've got a certain amount of bullets to fire you don't have to sorry for learning yeah smash your diet down in case he's listening yeah you have to smash your diet down you know lift four times a week do you hit after every session and do long distance you know low intensity cardio because when you're you're getting your your body catches up and you're not losing any weight you've got nothing else to do also you're not going to do those four things for very long because it's too damn hard it's just too much of a sacrifice for people you know, if you drive and drive and drive and push on and push on and push on, you will lose weight doing that. It's going to be hell on earth. You're not going to be able to keep it for very long. You won't be able to do it for very long. If you can, then your life's going to be miserable. When you do stop, you'll bounce back too hard. All things I've done. So when it comes, for me, cardio versus weight for fat loss, winner waits. Mm. Joe? Agreed. If you absolutely love cardio, then do that. If you are nonplussed, then do weights. If you love weights, then do weights. Yeah, and I've got to say, if you've done weights in the past and you said weights don't work for you, it's probably because there was something wrong with the intensity that you're training at. If you're Gosh. doing tricep extensions with the tin of baked beans whilst talking to your mate, watching loose women, that's not weights. weights. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're moving the tin of baked beans. Yeah, you started off with a good point about the progressive lifting that maybe even that would be the key separate separation when it is making sure that you progress your weight training. Yes, so I think that's, that's quite a long one for us. Oh, it's not that bad, actually. 38 minutes and probably some rambling at the start. So thank you very much for listening. If you have any thoughts, any comments, you know, don't forget to leave them. Like, subscribe, uh, tell a friend. Adopt a cat. Anything mm. to add? No, I'm good. Adopt a cat. That's the new saying. Adopt a cat, adopt a cat, adopt a kitty cat.